0: They don't approve of what they know, which is very little. They don't approve of, like, age, financial stability, but, I mean, those are all the things that maybe they look for in someone for me, but that's not what I look for. On Triple J, Tom Tilly.
1: Do you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend that your parents are not into? Or have you ever been in that situation? Maybe they think that person's going to lead you down the wrong path, maybe it's a religious or cultural thing, or maybe you really are dating a douchebag. Well, the parents versus partner dilemma goes way back beyond Shakespearean times through to the very recent history where Sydney Swans player Kieran Jack had a very public spat with his parents because of his relationship. If you're currently dealing with this, give me a call 1300 055 First, Sarah McVee brings you a Western Sydney version of Romeo and Juliet, although the ending is quite different.
2: I first met my boyfriend when I was 19 and my family was really against it because we came from two different cultural
3: backgrounds and religious experiences. Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Western Sydney where we lay our scene. I was a Lebanese Catholic. and he was a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant non-practicing. Just like Romeo and Juliet but without the overdoses James and Sarah were not meant for each other according to Sarah's parents. He kept asking me out and I just kept saying no I've got to marry someone who's Lebanese like me.
2: James tried pretty much everything. So he came to church with me once just to check it out and I remember my parents just went nuts and said we wouldn't accept this and there's no
3: way that we would ever allow you to marry someone outside the culture. We've all been there, right? Where you date someone you know your parents don't like for whatever reason. We put the call out and heard back from a bunch of you. I was actually dating a guy from New Zealand and I brought him home to my parents. Now, my parents are Canadian and my
2: dad hated this poor guy because he couldn't understand the accent. Every time he said something to my parents, my dad would look at me for a translation. My boyfriend and I got together when we were in year 12. His mum could never accept the fact that he and I were dating. After a few months, she found out we were having unprotected sex and accused me of wanting to fall pregnant young and not wanting to make anything of myself. It took her two years to finally accept we were together. But I've never been able to forgive her for what she said. My parents disapprove of my partner because I'm moving overseas to live with him. He's Japanese. They're also not thrilled that he's not a native English speaker and, yes, proof that grudges can cross generations, that he's from the country that attacked Oz in World War II.
0: He doesn't have a full-time stable job. He smokes and
3: he has a tattoo. Um, he's trying to pursue music full-time. Susie, and that's not her real name, is 19 years old. Her boyfriend is six years older than her.
0: Things I like about him. He understands me, I guess, on like a... On like an intellectual and emotional level that I haven't really experienced with any other guy my age. I mean, he
3: kind of just gets me. But when she took him home to meet the parents, they didn't just get him.
0: So I introduced my parents and kind of made up a lie about how we met. Didn't mention the whole Tinder thing because they don't know about that. So from there, they, they were pleasant, but it didn't eventuate anything more than that. So when he left, they kind of just asked, how old is he? I told them he was six years older than me and they just didn't want a bar of it. They don't approve of what they know, which is very little. They don't approve of, like, age, financial stability. But, I mean, those are all the things that maybe they look for in someone for me, but that's not what I look for in someone for me.
3: Does it kind of make you think less of them that they care about these things that aren't important to you?
0: Yes, definitely. Like, if I was to have a child, what I would want for them is someone that loved them and like understood them and cherished them. So for them to not even give me the opportunity to explain how he does that for me. It kind of hurts. It hurts me more. I'm like disappointed in the fact that they don't care about my happiness. I mean, they obviously do, but they're so they're so dead set on thinking about these other like financial factors or like stability factors to even like consider how that affects me. So, I've tried to be like pretty mature about it and just realize that, you know, they're from a different time and that's all you can really put it down to. Susie
3: says she's hoping her parents will come around because she's not changing her mind.
0: I'm moving out for a couple of months and yeah, hopefully that'll help them realise that I'm an adult and therefore my decision to be with this person is probably more logical than they think it is. Yeah, I have to be optimistic
3: about it, I guess. You know, we we had a pretty tough time. For Sarah, disobeying her family just wasn't an option. For three years, she spoke to James on the phone, but was all but barred from seeing him. Like we hardly got to see
2: each other because I wasn't the type to go sneaking around behind anyone's back and Lebanese girls, you know, they just have this thing where you only bring the guy that you're gonna marry home.
1: That's Sarah. We're gonna come back into her story in just a moment. Just a few of your texts first. I had a girlfriend my parents weren't fans of and she ended up cheating on me. Sounds like the parents might have been right in that case. Someone else says, my boyfriend is 14 years older than me. I'm 22 and he's 36. It took my parents years to get over it, but now they love him. All right, let's get back into Sarah's story. As you heard, she's Lebanese. She's from Western Sydney. Her parents were not into her non-Lebanese boyfriend, James. But as you're about to hear, uh, they went to quite great lengths to keep her away from them. They even took her to Lebanon to try and find someone else.
2: They never like said that it was hopefully to meet someone else, but it was very convenient that it happened like six months after they found out about him.
3: Sarah resigned herself to a pretty dire fate. I remember openly saying
2: to my dad, like, you know, it's a big part of our culture that, you know, um, a bride walks out of her father's house on her wedding day with her father's blessing. I just want you to know that I'm going to be sticking around forever because this is the guy that I want to be with and if you're not interested in getting to know him, then I'm never going to bring anyone else home. But then their luck changed. One of my cousins who had married like a perfect Lebanese guy that ticked all the boxes was getting divorced and I think at that point my parents realised that maybe it's not necessarily a cultural thing. My parents realised that if my relationship's not going to work out then it's better for me to make that mistake. They did not want to be the source of my unhappiness and it took them three years to realise that. My parents were very, very happy on our wedding day and to be honest it was probably because they got that big fat Lebanese wedding. I remember during the speeches um, James said you know, I know I'm not A good Lebanese boy that you wanted for your daughter. But I am a good white boy and I promise that I will do my best to ensure that our children will grow up knowing that they're part Lebanese and they will know how to do the Dubki, which is our our folk dance, um, and drink the Arak that you make and know how to talk to you in Arabic. And I just remember my dad, like, with this big smile on his face, giving him the thumbs up during that speech. And I think I've got a picture of that and I love it because it's just, you know, it, it was finally after so many years of hardship
3: that it felt like this is okay. Despite how hard they made it and how wrong they were, Sarah says she doesn't blame her parents. Everything that they did was out of love. I don't think they ever deliberately wanted me to be unhappy. But there are still little reminders of just how hard it was.
2: I mean, we just moved house and the other day I found um, this little, you know, how you get the little cards attached to flowers, like when someone sends you flowers. and I found this little card that he had sent me. We hadn't spoken for about five months, but he had sent me flowers on my birthday, on my 20th birthday. And it just said on it, I'm still waiting for you. And it was just like, it kind of broke my heart because I was like, I put this guy through so much. Hack on Triple J.
1: Uh, Romeo and Juliet without the tragedy in Western Sydney. That story produced by Sarah McVie. Really interesting one on the text line. My parents did not approve of my boyfriend. They didn't say anything as they knew it would make matters worse. I realized it was a mistake on my own anyway. Someone else says, My mother told me my boyfriend was an asshole and she didn't think the relationship would go anywhere. He's now my husband and she appreciates just how much he loves me and would do anything for me. In the studio, we have Amanda Lambros. Amanda is a relationship counselor. She's also a clinical fellow at Curtin University. Quite a moving story there, Amanda. What do you think we can learn from Sarah's story?
4: I think one of the things that we can learn is that she actually stayed true to herself and what she really wanted in a partner and that the partner was able to be flexible enough to see the things that were important in her original family.
1: So when you're in a situation where your parents are like, nah, we're not into this person, whether it's for cultural reasons or, or other reasons, what do you think you should do?
4: I'm going to go on a limb here but one of the biggest things that you need to do is actually stay true to what you want because think about it in 10-15 years time when your parents aren't there anymore you're either going to be stuck with someone who was a great golf buddy for your dad <laughs> or someone that you actually wanted to be with
1: right okay yeah that is kind of extreme to think about i guess how that person suits you without anyone else in your life because for a lot of people the way their partner interacts with their world you know their friends and their family is hugely important
4: It's huge. And just think of it, like, think of it this way. And we're such a dynamic culture nowadays that we tend to move a lot and stuff. So if you and your partner had to move to, you know, whoop whoop nowhere, and it was only the two of you, would you actually still want to be with that partner? And if the answer to that is yes, then awesome. Stay with that partner. But if it's, no, I don't really think so because this is the partner my mom wanted, or this is the partner my dad wanted, or my best friend thought was really great. you might want to reconsider that partner
1: okay but you know the idea of moving you know to whoop whoop and being with that person on your own or the idea of living in a world without you know any family around is not a very likely scenario that's kind of an extreme scenario i guess you're using that as a way to really drill down to what you really feel but don't you also have to consider how it does fit in with the people around you as well as how it suits you as an individual
4: Oh, absolutely. If you have the ability to actually have that conversation with your partner, that makes all the difference in the world. So if you can have that conversation and say, listen, these are the important things in my life that I would like us as a couple to incorporate, then that's exactly what you're looking for.
1: On the text line, we've got a parent. Hey, Tom, I've got three teenage daughters. Us parents are sometimes wrong, but we can see what our daughters are mostly blind to. Can you learn a lot from your parents and their insights about relationships and also their insights about who you are as a person because they know you better than anyone?
4: Uh, your parents do know you but you know you know yourself best and I think one of the best things is that you can learn a lot from your parents relationships and what you do is you pick up on the things that you really enjoy about their relationships and that you'd prefer not having in your relationship and then move forward with that
1: On the text line, think baby boomers they want all the property and to control our lives Mark from Geelong. Someone else says race and religion should never come into love. Love is love. Just quickly Amanda, often this stuff does come up around cultural differences or having partners from overseas And when you're young, you're like, this is beautiful, I'm in love, and and potentially you don't really think through the consequences of those situations, can they be a lot harder than you might realise?
4: They can be like devastating to the relationship and, you know, they can lead to divorce and stuff like that. And one of the things you need to consider is, especially if you're dating someone or plan on marrying someone from overseas, where are your holidays going to be spent? Um, Will you have enough money to actually go overseas to visit that family or will one family have to stay here? And then think even longer term if you are thinking maybe divorce. Well, if you guys get divorced and one goes to live in Canada and the other one stays in Australia, what's going to happen then?
1: Yeah, it can be really, really tricky and very hard to consider when you're overwhelmed with those romantic feelings. But can you trust your parents with stern advice? Yeah, I guess that's another question. Amanda, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
4: No worries, Tom. Thanks so much. Have a great night.
1: You too. That's Amanda Lambros.